everyone. Welcome to CBIA's BizCast. I'm Shannon King. In today's episode, I talked with Brian Montanari, President and CEO of Habco Industries, an aerospace manufacturer in Glastonbury. Habco recently implemented an on-site voluntary coronavirus testing program for its employees. Several employees have since participated to ensure safety and ease worry of the workforce. I asked Brian how he purchased the tests and implemented this voluntary program, what the process is for testing employees, and in this era of new normal, how he's kept the trust of his employees during this difficult time, especially dealing with sensitive medical information. This is a special episode because this is the BizCast's first video interview. Yes, we recorded this conversation through Zoom, so we will be posting some video clips of my conversation with Brian on social media. Want to give a shout out to my colleague, Katie Krashek, for being a superstar Zoom producer and video editor. As always, please rate, review, share, and subscribe to the BizCast wherever you get your pods. And here is my conversation with Brian. Recently at Habco, you implemented an on-site voluntary testing program uh, that's being recognized as a preventative measure um, for businesses and organizations to come back to the workplace if they haven't been. But I know you have uh, still been in your facilities, your workers have still been there. Um, So how is this uh, voluntary testing program going so far? Yeah, it's going very well. Uh, For us, we started the planning for this pandemic, I'd say pretty early. I started having discussions with my executive team in early February. And then end of February, we started daily touch points. And at that point, non-physical touch points, right? Just having having our meetings. But we decided then to plan for the worst, hope for the best. And we bought all of our PPE on March 3rd. We started doing temperature checks on March 9th. We started doing a lot of putting a lot of things in place. And then from that point, it, there was still a level of concern or discomfort amongst the employees. How do you know if you have it, but you don't have symptoms? How do, you, how do I know my coworker, even though they're six feet away or 10 feet away? And, you know, how, how do we know they're not caring? So there was always this level of kind of uncertainty. And, you know, I, it, for me, it was one of those things where it's just what we have to do, right? We need to get product out the door for our customers. When we started all the planning, we said it was, we were focused on three things. First and foremost, the health and safety of our employees, our suppliers, and our customers. Number two was to give our employees the flexibility to take care of the home life. You know, how many people have kids that now have to be teachers or they have to go shopping for their parents and do things like that. And then the third thing was, how do we do it in a manner that doesn't jeopardize deliveries to our customers? And those three things come in conflict all the time, right? It's very difficult to do that. And so the uncomfort for employees to come to work. They knew they needed to, they wanted to, because they want to get product out, but they weren't quite sure. You know, it doesn't matter how much cleaning we do. We've doubled the amount of times our cleaning crew came in. We increased all of our cleaning and sanitizing. We have first shift clean everything they're going to touch throughout the day. Then they clean it at the end of their shift and second shift cleans everything before they do it. And so everything's getting cleaned multiple times a day. But this whole feeling of I still may have it, but I don't know, just kept coming up. And I just felt there was nothing we could do about it because, you know, the front lines is really, the the true front lines is where the testing needs to occur, occur. people that are symptomatic and, you know, people need to have surgeries. And plus it needed to be administered by a healthcare professional, whether it was, you know, at the time it was the the, the nasal swabs. Um, And so I just, we just kept saying, all we can do is control what we can control. Let's just make sure 
We put every possible process in place that, that we can. And then one day I saw it, um, a post on LinkedIn from a contact of mine that his company was going for FDA authorization for their saliva test. And I'm like, oh, saliva test, that's interesting. Uh, so that was on a Friday. And on a Sunday, he posted again that they received their authorization for, under the Emergency Use Act. So I picked up the phone. I said, Dom, talk to me. Tell me what this is all about. And he told me, and I was, okay, great. Can I buy some? Well, you really can't. This is, you know, it's for the healthcare. You have to be a healthcare provider. You've got to be linked with the CDC for testing results and all this. And I said, Dom, I really believe you guys have something great here. This was the only saliva kit, saliva test that I had ever heard of. Um, and I said, for me, I think this is important for, for essential businesses. Whether the essential business means you're a police officer or whether you're a, working at a, super, uh, you know, at, a, at a supermarket or whether you're a, a critical manufacturer, if we can get this in the hands of critical businesses, that will give them such a level of comfort and the ability to actually manage this better. And, you know, he worked with his management team. So we worked from Sunday through Tuesday straight on come, come, trying to find a process to allow industry to buy the, to buy the tests. And so um, must have been Tuesday, April 7th is when we finalized it. We were able, we developed a process where we have to be partnered with a healthcare provider, somebody that can create a, you know, we have to make sure we're complying with HIPAA and everything else. So we partner with a third party nurse practitioner. We've never met her, never seen her. She never sees our employees, but she creates the file for the employee. Um, and the two forms that she gets are the HIPAA related forms. We get, we get our attorneys create a waiver. So we have our employees sign a waiver that stays on, on file with us. Once the file is set up with the nurse practitioner, we administer the test here. And then within 24 hours of the lab receiving the sample, we get the test results. Um, and so I bought a bunch of kit, a bunch of tests so that the intent was to start, um, you know, we really contemplated, do we want to test everybody, only test people if they have a, have a fever or have symptoms. And we decided that it's worth the investment to allow everybody that's on site to get tested. Um, not everybody said yes or immediately. First, we did just the, the six on the executive team to make sure that the process worked. And then, uh, so that was on March 13th, we started, April 13th, excuse me, April 13th, we started uh, doing the test. And then we've gone for everybody on site to get tested if they wanted to. Fortunately, we've had no positive tests. Everything's been negative so far. So you really, really use that a lot internally to say, all right, kudos to you guys, right? You're following the procedures and the protocols we're putting in place. And that means when you leave here, you're doing the right things as well. So just to reinforce this whole message. Um, and then since then, we've had um, other employees that say, okay, now, now I'll get tested now that I see how it works out. And so our, our initial thought was we would test only, we'd do the baseline, and the only test if somebody has any symptoms or have come in contact with anybody that's tested positive. And so now you look at it from a business ROI perspective, the current programs that are in place, if somebody feels they've been exposed, send them home and pay them for two weeks, right? That's what the, that's what the plan is. And that's what the federal government program is. For us, if that was to happen, we'd say, okay, spit in the cup, go home, we'll pay you for a day or two until the results come back. If the results are negative, come back to work when you're healthy. So instead of paying somebody to be unproductive for two weeks, we can find out if they're negative and then bring them back to work. And so that's been fantastic for us. And so that was 
the second reason for testing. Then the third reason we would do is as a means to take everybody that was working offsite when we're ready to start testing to have them come back work. So I know that was a long answer to your initial question. No, that was a that was a uh, that was a good answer. Uh, thank you for walking us through the uh, the process. Yeah, a question that popped into my head um, as you were talking to me about that was how frequently uh, you're testing your employees. So there is that about 14 day window where symptoms could show up um, or exposure could happen. So um, I don't know if you can talk about this, but how frequently have you had to test employees? Is it one and done or is it I might have been exposed, you know, if I went grocery shopping or out somewhere? Um, because it's been really hard for people to trace sometimes exactly where they have been exposed. So how, what's the frequency been like? Yeah, great question. And we, we, we discuss that on almost a daily basis as to how often. You know, it, it's, it's not an expensive test, but it becomes very expensive if you're testing every day. Because I can test today, I can have a negative result, but I can walk out the door and, and go get it and not know, right? So initially it was, let's get a baseline and then let's, only test if somebody has symptoms or feel they've been exposed. You know, somebody came to me today and said, Hey, Brian, I don't, I don't feel well. I don't have a fever, but I just feel off. Can I get tested? My answer is going to be yes. All right. Cause I have the tests available, but I don't want to, we, we haven't made a de the decision yet to test everybody on a weekly basis. I just don't, I, I know that the protocols we're putting in place that we've been doing since early March, you know, puts us in a position to have some level of comfort. The testing that we've done, the, only, the times we've retested so far, outside of if somebody says I don't feel well, is now that you know I've been very, very, very focused on no exceptions to our in our policies. If we have somebody, if we've said there's no overlap to shifts, there is no overlap to shifts. If we've said you know you must get your temperature taken, I don't care who it is, you're getting your temperature taken. And so this has started to. Um, becomes having the test available starts to become something where it's easy to let your guard down. Well, we could test, so it's okay to do this, right? And I keep having that message with my team is we, we've done so well today, as well as we can, you know, with the, you know, with the processes that we have, but let's use the tests to allow us to be, continue to focus on those three things that I start off initially with, which is safety, then flexibility for the home life, and meeting customer demand. When we started this second shift, it was kind of a discussion. Anybody want to volunteer? Let's do a second shift for two weeks and let's see how this goes. This was March 13th when we made this decision. Now we're on week eight, right? And we're disrupting home life. There's people that said, you know, not obviously begrudgingly, but would prefer to be on first shift, but they're on second shift now and they want to come back to first shift. So we've allowed retesting for that. And that just happened this week. We did, we did tests last week and we took a few people that were on second shift and brought them to first shift. And we took somebody that was on first shift and put them on second shift. And that's how we're using the, the retest now. Okay. No, that's great to know. Um, do you know of any other companies, whether manufacturers or other businesses that have implemented this kind of testing and has their process or uh, experience been similar to yours or a little different? Because um, this is voluntary, so uh, no one is being forced to take this test, though we can get into the whole conversation of, you know, uh, eventually possibly uh, temperature checks and things like that may be necessary to go back to 
maybe workplaces, but larger events. So um, just tell me about other companies that have done this same thing. Yeah, no problem. This has been a big focus of mine because I really believe that the, the testing is a huge opportunity for companies, uh, especially saliva tests where you can self-administer. So when initially I was able to buy the tests, there was an initial feeling I had about, God, you know, are we really that important? Is HAVCO really that important when you've got these other companies or these other healthcare providers that should be getting tests that keep complaining every day? We can't have tests. We can't have tests. And I really battled with this to start because, you know, I, I, I there's a, to me, there, I want this test, you know, or, or whether it's this test or any test out there to be able to be up in use. So as I was talking to Microgen DX, they kept telling me about their available capacity. And basically every day that went by, was unused capacity, right? The, that you don't get back because they've got tests of, you know, folks in the lab waiting to do tests that no tests are coming. So what I did at that point in time was I wanted to get this information out to as many people, right? So I immediately, you know, put it on LinkedIn, my contacts. I, I went, I talked to Colin Cooper, who was our state chief manufacturing officer. I talked to Joe Brennan, obviously, you know, Joe. I talked to Bonnie Del Conte, Paul Murphy of ACM, just to try to get this out to as many people so that more people know about it and can start using the test. And through that, a lot of companies, a lot of manufacturing companies, well, I can't say a lot. I, I, know, I know many have bought the same test from Microgen DX and have started to implement them. Um, Gilman Brothers in Gilman, Connecticut, who also was making some of the beds, you know, that they converted their manufacturing over. John Uliano has been a big, big supporter of this and trying to get it within his company. And I've probably talked to, I don't know, 15, business owners or CEOs over the last week all over the country about this test and they're bringing it to their companies and bringing it to their legislators in different states. Uh, so yeah, I know that, it, and in fact, I got an email this morning from a CEO saying, thank you very much for introducing, you know, we've been able to test 50 employees. We've only had one positive uh, test and it's allowing us, it's been an integral part of our ability to manage through this. So it, Obviously, the next thing is I want to get antibody testing. Right? That's a that's a next piece. But right right now, given given the given what's available, I think this is a fantastic thing for companies to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I congratulate you um, for taking this on. Um, so you were quoted in a few news articles that testing is the next step for you um, in this reopening process. So are there any other next steps or new steps that you're gonna be taking? Um, your employees are there, most of them are at the facility. What else are you implementing? Yeah, good, good question. We, and, uh, so one of the things I've been very pleased with my, with my executive team about, they've done a really nice job of continuing to challenge each other about being two, three steps ahead of this and planning for the worst, like I mentioned earlier. Um, and so right now what we're doing is we're planning those next steps, which is the rematriculation of employees back into the building, because I have a lot of employees that prefer to be here. And it's just a lot easier to get your job done and not letting our guard down. So what we're working on now is pairing the testing with our process to bring people back, but doing it in a manner that doesn't it's not a, a flip of the switch. So all of a sudden an influx of you know, 50 people coming back on site. So fortunately, we have two other facilities in Connecticut where we do some uh, leasing and logistics contracts. Uh, one of them is, one of them we're just moving into today. We're first, first day we're opening it up and that has extra space and has restrooms and things like that. So now we're gonna start to use another facility 
as a safe landing ground to bring in, you know, for folks to go work for a couple of weeks where they can work together as a team, not necessarily having to be here on the, on the production floor, work there. So test, work there, make sure everything's good, test again, and then come back into Glastonbury. So this is going to be a phased approach as to how we, how we get folks back on site. You know, we, um, we're looking at better ways to be doing our temperature taking, you know, there, you know, there's some new technology that's out there that we're looking at. Um, you know, it's a process every day. First shift comes into work. They, they line up in the calf. With the, we've been wearing masks and gloves every day. They queue up in the calf at least six feet apart, and one at a time they go into the training room to get their temperature checked. It's a process. If we can automate that, we're looking at some of the technology where they have over the doors where it can scan as you come in, um, try to find out how expensive that is and you know, how quickly can we implement it. There's some other technology that's out there um, that I've seen on LinkedIn where we have people in our front lobby when they sign in, it's done electronically. There's some things that I've seen now that you can attach to your sign-in location that as you're, as you're signing in, it could be taking your temperature. So looking at things like that, you know, we've, um, we've got a lot of trucks that come in here on a daily basis and the truck drivers like to come in and use the restroom. We've said no, so okay. we put porta potties outside for the truckers to, to use. Um, and so right now it's, it's, what's the next thing? How can we, continue to be safe, but bring people back. Um, I, for me, it's been difficult. I used to travel a lot. I've got sales folks that travel a lot. We work in the aerospace industry. What's the commercial aerospace industry gonna be like? When is the next time you're gonna feel comfortable, not just sitting on a plane? I think you could do the right thing sitting on a plane, but when's the next time you're gonna be comfortable slipping in the sheets of a hotel that you didn't participate in the cleaning of the sheets or the cleaning of the comforter or the handles or the, or the, you know, the restroom? Yeah, so like those are the things we're trying to figure out. How do we how do we step into some level of of new normalcy? With this new testing program that you've implemented, do you think this is going to become the norm in the in the business world where a negative coronavirus test could be the prerequisite to business travel, like you were saying, or going to a, a conference for training? Um or even attending a large meeting, is is that going to become the new normal? Maybe? I, 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 I would say I could, yes, I think it would be. Whether, I think we still need to do a better job of getting quicker results. I mean, the fact that I, I can get results in 24 hours is good, but you know, sometimes, you know, most of the time business reacts a lot quicker than in a 24 hour turnaround time. So if, you know, if a company like, I, and I love the saliva test, I want to reiterate that because I don't want to be somebody sticking a, a, a nasal swab into an employee, right? That is not something I want to do. And nor do I want to be getting involved with the fingerprint. You know, I, I, I'm looking at my, look at my window here. Our process is with the saliva test, they, they do it in their car. So I watch it happen. You know, I, they pull up, or somebody that's in protective proper gear gives them their, 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 their vial and the bag and the box, they go in their car, they put the sample, they seal it and puts in a box and that's it, we're done. I don't need to do anything else, I don't need to touch it. And so I think if you can combine the low impact self-administering portion of testing with rapid results, then that is absolutely one thing that I would love to see. I would love that to happen if I've got somebody coming in, if I've got a customer that's coming in, if I've got an inspector that's coming in, if I can test and get results in five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, Great. I, I see testing and I do see the, the body scanning that we talked about earlier, temperature scanning being 
very easy to implement indicators, right? So you walk in the front door, green light, you don't have a temperature, come on in, versus the, the manual process. Um, and, and as we mentioned earlier, I do think the antibody test though, that's, a, that, that's that next level. Because again, I could test for COVID-19 today, I could be negative, but in 10 minutes I can go catch it. Yeah, certainly. Uh, another question that just popped into my head, a little off script, but to implement this kind of program, you need to have some level of trust with your employees. So as a leader, um, how, how have you been able to gain even more trust of your employees? So it, it doesn't sound like a very invasive, you know, spitting into a vial and then sending it off um, for test results. It doesn't sound very invasive, but you have access to that information and um, that's a prerequisite to get back into work. So yeah. what yeah. level, so what level of trust have you been able to build with your employees around this? Shannon, great question. So I've always been someone that likes to communicate a lot, right? We do daily Gemba meetings. We have, you know, weekly meetings. We have monthly all hands meetings. We have, you know, uh, monthly newsletters that go out. And we do a lot of fun stuff together, right? Whether it's cornhole tournaments or cookouts, but everything that we've always done in that manner that I like has always been requiring people to be together, right? You know, in this, you can't do that. So I struggled with how to properly communicate what was going on and what was going on in my head and in the executive team's head back in early March. I've always used the group text app to, you know, wish everybody happy Easter or whatever, the entire company, but I was always character limited. So March 23rd, I started a YouTube page and I started recording a daily video that I would text the link out through the text app so everybody can hear the message. And I've done it every day with the exception of a couple weekend days. Initially it was seven days a week. The last two weeks I didn't do it on the weekend unless something really needed to come up. And so this form of YouTube page with these daily videos, whether it's updates about our protocols, whether it's updates about what's going on in the state, you know, I get to participate. I love the CBIA webinars that I've been on and all these different things. So I'm trying to get as much information as possible to the employees and I'm being as honest as possible with everybody. And I get a tremendous amount of feedback about the videos. And so the amount of emails I've gotten, texts I've gotten from the employees, um, I've had employees who just feel so disconnected that they've cooked food and had it delivered here so that the front, the folks working in the shop could know that they're being appreciated. And so I think through all of these open communications, through all of the information I've given through, you know, it's not where I just say, you're wearing gloves and we're taking your temperature too bad. It's we walk through why and how it's for our customers' protection. It's for their protection, their, 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 their family, you know, and if I want, let my kids do certain things. I'm certainly not going to let my employees do the same things. It'd be very hypocritical. So I'm trying to, wherever possible, communicate as openly as I can. And I think from that is where a lot of this, some trust has come because they're seeing that these are unprecedented times. There's no script. Every day we're rewriting it. As an executive team, as much as we could protect our employees so that we can get product to our customers so we can keep everybody employed, that's the focus. You know? We've worked so hard to hire our employees. We, we brought in 42 people last year. It's a lot of people. We're, we're just under 100 employees. If I have to furlough or do layoffs or salary reductions, 
that kind of just pushes everything we worked so hard over the years, pushes it away. So I think all of these things combined of keeping everybody employed, communicating about their health and safety and showing that there's every leader in this company is out there walking the walk, not just talking the talk about it. If I see somebody with, you know, with their mask, you know, pulled down a little bit, we're telling them to put it on, explaining why they need to have their mask on. So I know that's a long answer, Shannon, but that's, I think all of those things combined is how we build the, the trust. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really glad I asked that because that was, um, that's a, a really great way. I love that idea of doing quick little YouTube videos because everyone is, you know, people love getting their information through videos now. And also it breaks that barrier of you're not just sending an email, it's your face. Right. And people can see you and they can see your emotion and your body language. Um, so I, I think that's such such a great thing that you're doing. Yeah, um, it's, what's interesting about the video, sorry, is how it's taken on a life of its own. Because what started off with me on my iPhone, just taking a video and posting it to YouTube, I now know how to, I've got editing software and I've got people working from home taking pictures of their work from home situation. I've got those in the video. So folks on site can see what's going on. We've done videos of what's going on in the shop so people at home can see what's going on in the shop. It's not always just about getting product out the door. It's, you know, every, it's, it's our culture, it's our community and how, how we interact with each other. Yeah, absolutely. That's, that's a really great way to, uh, to end this conversation. I love that you're doing that and just being so open and creating this culture of transparency and honesty with your employees. Um, so, Congratulations on your uh, your testing program. Um, hope it continues to go well, and you know we'll see what else develops in the next few weeks. Um, we're two months into this, but right. things could always change. Um, so, thank you so much for talking with me yeah. today, and um, wishing you and your family and all of your employees the best of health right now. Likewise, you too, Shane. I really appreciate it. Thank you. For the latest COVID nineteen information, visit cbia.com. Follow us on Twitter at CBIA News and on Facebook. Call us anytime at 860-244-1900. Stay safe out there.